This is Camp Life, The Other Side. A bi-weekly podcast for summer camp professionals. Now it's time to explore the other side of summer camp. Hey everyone, welcome back to Scamp Life The Other Side. I'm Shauna and I have Kelly here with me. Kelly, you want to say hi? Hi! Today we're going to talk about mandatory pronouns on applications. And Kelly, you heard about this topic and I brought a friend in um, to help us talk about this topic because I don't think that we should be the only voices people hear as cishet women um, when it comes to this. So I have brought in a co-worker of mine named CJ Greco. CJ, you want to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you? Yeah, for sure. So my name is CJ Greco. I use they and she pronouns. Um, I am the student and teacher programs facilitator at Lincoln Park Zoo. Um, I I don't know. I'm just excited to be here and chat with you guys. I'm really looking forward to it. Awesome. Awesome. We're happy to have you, CJ. Uh, so this, this topic I found on a Facebook group I'm a part of for outdoor, I think, I don't remember the name of the group, but it's for like outdoor jobs and things like that. Well, I noticed that someone posed the question on why do employers make it mandatory for you to state your pronouns? Um, this person who made the post, I believe they left themselves anonymous even, you know, went on to say about how it will out somebody and why do employers need to know and, and on and on and on. So yes, as cishet women, Sean and I are not, we can say our own opinions, but we, that doesn't really equate for much. So I don't know, we'll just start off CJ what are your thoughts on, um, you know, putting your pronouns on a job application? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. Um, it can definitely be a situation where, you know, trans or gender non-conforming people feel like it is outing themselves. You know, we're, we're in a place with our country right now where it's not a super safe space to be a trans or gender non-conforming person. So it can definitely be a very scary or intimidating thing. I know like for myself personally, I have my pronouns pretty much everywhere. I have like trans pride stuff pretty much everywhere, but it's because I'm very fortunate to live in a place where I am for the most part, pretty safe to be myself. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not always the case for a lot of trans people all over the country uh, and you know globally. So it can definitely be a very intimidating thing for mandatory pronouns because it either forces somebody to out themselves, if, especially if they're using a non-traditional pronoun like he or she, maybe they're using a they, them pronoun, maybe they're using a neo pronoun, or it's forcing them to misgender themselves because they don't want to be out. Um, so those are really the two options there uh, in terms of why it might not be a great idea. Um, but yeah, I'm so sorry. I definitely ranted a little bit. Go ahead. No, please. No, that's, that's important. <laughs> Let, we want you to feel comfortable. And if you want to rant by all means, please do. Uh, so do you see that if there's any, is there a benefit for employers to ask that? Yeah, I think it, I mean, I think as a, maybe, maybe once you're hired, it can be really, you know, a really significant thing to be like, you know what, we, you know, that you're hired, we really want to value your identity. And, you know, we want, we'd love for you to share that with us. But like, the fact that it was the fact that like the question is mandatory pronouns, right? It's that we're, it's that we're requiring something. The, the requirement is what is kind of putting the labor on the trans or gender nonconforming person. It's they are required to either out themselves or to misgender themselves or potentially be unsafe. You know, maybe they maybe they have 
pronouns that like are generic, you know, like he or she pronouns, but maybe they don't necessarily pass as that gender yet. Maybe that's not their goal is to pass as that gender. That's just the pronouns that suit them. It can also be a situation where uh, there's a lot of cisgender people who maybe use they them pronouns just because that they don't really care about pronouns. Gen pronouns are just a matter of gender expression. They're not necessarily a matter of gender identity. So it can, you know, when we're thinking about how, it's not like you're not listing like the way that you dress on your application, right? Right. It's, it's kind of similar in that regard. It's really interesting because now I'm thinking back to some interviews that I, because I'm hiring for staff right now. We're in March. I don't know when this is going to go live, but we are in March right now. So if you're camp, you know, it's prime hiring season. And um, I have been asking for gender pronouns in the interview because I don't want to misgender anybody. But now I'm thinking maybe I should change the way I ask it into saying, would you like to share your gender pronouns with me? Um, so that way they don't feel like I'm asking them and they have to answer me because I'm the interviewer, like, because there's a power dynamic there. Yeah, sure. I mean, that's definitely something to think about, like, you know, consider when you're, you know, interviewing somebody potentially, right? How is what you're saying impacting them as the person who's like, you know, looking for this position? Um, it can be really, really valuable you know, as somebody who's interviewed for a ton of places that like they claim to be very, you know, inclusive and open and whatever, but like, is it shown that way in the interview, right? And so the last place that I worked when I interviewed with them, we like, we did like a little round table before we started and we all shared our name pronouns and did like a little icebreaker. And it was like, that was just like the norm. And so it can be a very, uh, it can be a, 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 a it make it feel a lot, like a lot more of a safe situation when it's more of a norm than a, oh, I see this like queer trans person. I don't want to like say the wrong thing. Let's ask this person their pronouns. But when it's a, everybody in the group is sharing their pronouns regardless, or it's, you know, I'm CJ, I use they, she pronouns. What is your name? You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be a, I don't know, like it doesn't have to be like a big deal. Yeah, I'm wondering if when I'm introducing myself, I should just introduce myself as, hey, I'm Shauna, you she, her pronouns, and then that would set the precedent that that's what we do here. And this yeah. can be a safe space for you. Yeah. That's yeah, definitely- that, that was, I, Go ahead, CJ. No, are you sure, Kelly? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I was gonna say, that's definitely kind of like my interpretation of it as well is where it's like, we're not making a big deal about like pronouns. We're just doing introductions. We're just saying your name. We're saying how I want you to address me, right? You're calling me by my name. You're calling me by my pronouns. It doesn't have to be this huge, like, tell me your pronouns, but it can be a matter of like, uh, just, yeah, I, I'm, you know, I'm CJ. I use they should pronouns. We can move on. Like, it's not a big deal. That's just how I want to be addressed. So Shauna knows, but I actually live in Alabama. I'm not from here, but yeah, it's definitely one of the states that are not as welcoming to others as some totally. like, like Illinois is. Yeah. And so it's not as safe for people. However, our camp is definitely a safe space. And so I have it optionally on our applications. And for the most part, most people usually fill them out, which has been really nice to see. Um, however, definitely getting to that spot of like you were saying, Shauna, in your interview process how to make yourself a safe place without forcing it 
you know, going ah, pronouns. So I, I liked how, you know, you CJ just say to put it part of your introduction so that even just by you, you as the interviewer stating your pronouns, you're creating that safe space uh, as opposed to yeah. just saying. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's, it's, a natu- <laughs> it's, it's a natural thing, right? Like it's less of a, like we're forcing this on you. We're you're, you're, you're to our woke agenda. <laughs> But it's it's a lot less of that. It's more of just like, this is how I want to be addressed. This is my name. These are my pronouns. Mm-hmm. And then you can just move on. And if somebody feels like, oh, like this person just introduced themselves with the pronouns, I'll do the same. Or it's, I don't really want to. And that's okay too. So my, like thinking about having like it be mandatory on an application and CJ, you, you talked about how it could be like having somebody out themselves before they're ready or if they will ever be ready. Um, I wonder like, is it to be woke or is it to be malicious? Like, that's a good way to put that question. Cause I had a very yeah. similar question. And I think you did a far better job of wording that. Yeah. Donna. <laughs> I mean, that's a, it's, it's a, it's a great question, right? Um, I think it's definitely maybe in some cases a malicious thing. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm the type of person who maybe wants to assume too much good, but, uh, I, I think for the most part, it, it can be good. Right. I think it's a matter of, I want to be inclusive and I want to be a, like a warm space, but not knowing really how to do that. You know, we talk a lot about allyship for all different types of things. And a key cornerstone of any type of allyship, whether it's, you know, allyship for BIPOC individuals or for queer folks, it's listening to the people who are facing the harm. I mean, this like this interview right now is a really great, you know, step in that direction, right? Because you 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 both realize like, oh, as two cis people, maybe we're not the best people to chat on this. <laughs> but it, it can be, you know, really really valuable just to reflect on like, well, we want to be good but we don't necessarily know how. And this, you know, asking everybody to tell us their pronoun, making it mandatory. I mean, that's, you, you gotta, it's, that's the best way to do it. But uh, maybe it isn't. <laughs> yeah, you would think that, you know, having everybody say their pronouns would, I mean, once it, it sets a precedence for how you are going to treat people, but yeah, it could, you know, make somebody not want to take the job. It could make somebody not, if, if they didn't know that like you were doing mandatory pronouns and they just put it on their application and then they get to camp and they're like, well, this is a, this is one of those camps, you know, like it could make them want to leave. And then you're in a lurch for the summer. Yeah. It's, it's a, a very layered issue. On the complete other end of it too, is you could have somebody who is like sharing my pronouns. What am I? Some kind of woke liberal. And it could be the exact opposite thing, right? The pronouns have become this, politicized thing when it's literally just a like type of word like it's it's just a grammatical thing is pronouns and I think it's a it it can be both sides it can be this this very confining box to put somebody in if especially if they're feeling uncomfortable by it or it can be oh I can just be a jerk here because I don't have to listen to this pronouns nonsense and I think that it's it's very, very complicated because there's no, in my opinion, there's not really like a solidly right answer. Mm-hmm. It's you can do everything you can to make the space the best it can be. 
but at the end of the day, you can only do your best. I think that's a really good point that there is no like correct answer in how to do it because I feel like, especially as camp directors, we're constantly trying to improve our inclusivity with, with everybody. And so even if we can't hit all the boxes, right. And I think Sean and I, you and I have talked about this before that, you know, being able to check every single box to make sure that we are inclusive for everybody isn't always as easy as it may sound. And so even just a simple, like even just making it optional or just as we mentioned earlier, like just introducing us as ourselves with our pronouns, that is still a step in the right direction to be inclusive without forcing it upon everyone or, you know, maybe me introducing myself with my pronouns on the first day of staff training is the only thing I can do being that I'm in Alabama. You know, a lot of people say to put your pronouns on name tags. Well, half my staff may not want to. And so just by saying, you know, I introduce myself with she, her pronouns, you know, on the first day of training, that at least shows that we are a, an inclusive and safe space. And that kind of is where we not end, but that's kind of the, the most that I can do. Granted, we, I'm really fortunate. My staff has been able to have some of these bigger conversations when it is involving gender and pronouns. And so I know my staff can go further than that, but, you know, not every camp listening or not every person listening has the safe space like Illinois does, like some other states do. And so, you know, just figuring out what, you know, what they are able to do. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, oh, I was thinking of our name tag, CJ, um, on our name tags at the zoo, you can have your gender pronouns if you'd like. And I remember when that became a thing, um, there was like a conversation about if I don't put my gender pronouns on my name tag, will I look like a bad person? Some people may not feel that it's necessary because they really fit that gender expression and like you should be able to tell, but. I mean, that's a complicated thing in and of itself, yeah. right, Shana? <laughs> I mean, air quotes should be able to tell end quotes. I mean, what does that even mean? You know what I mean? So I, it's complicated. I think it's it's a it's an it's an infinitely complex issue that the only true answer is not really achievable with the current ways, like the current system that we're in. Yeah. Right? Like gender liberation isn't a real thing that's possible in the current system. Mm-hmm. Um so all we can do is really adapt. I think, you know, it it is a huge, huge step for cisgender people to introduce themselves with their pronouns. Mm -hmm. I think it is, should just be commonplace. It shouldn't just be, there is a queer person here. Let me ask everybody their pronouns or let me just ask this one person. And then just like, oh, you can assume what our pronouns are. You should just know what our pronouns are because that happens literally every day. Mm -hmm. I walk into a room and somebody asks like, oh my gosh, CJ, what are your pronouns? And I'll tell them, and then nobody else shares their pronouns. That is an all too common occurrence, especially for like a visibly trans person. And again, I am very fortunate to be a visibly trans person. I enjoy being a visibly trans person, but it's not always the safest thing, particularly in you know workspaces where you're dealing with a variety of people. Summer camps, you're dealing with all kinds of people from all different types, right? It, it's complicated, mm-hmm. yeah. It's funny you say that 
you feel like you're a visibly trans person because if you hadn't told me, I would have never known. <laughs> I I don't think you. I I was just like, oh, she's cool. Like, <laughs> you thinking that way? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I'm very proud of my trans identity. I feel like that's relatively common amongst trans people to be very proud of their trans identity but for some trans people they just want to kind of blend in they don't really want to be bothered for their trans identity and that's totally valid yeah so things like mandatory pronouns for some people it can be really really frustrating especially maybe like if they're transitioning without like socially transitioning they're just going to like socially transition once they're fully the way that they want to be perceived and that's totally valid but some people decide to socially transition and then they stop. The transition process for trans and gender non-conforming people really is, I, I hate this kind of analogy, but it's a spectrum, right? It doesn't necessarily have one end that fits anything. It can be anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I've been reading our teen application. So we have a few teen summer programs at the zoo. And what I'm finding, um, the question that we ask them is describe your gender identity in your own words. Um, so, and it's not a mandatory question. They can skip it if they want to. But what I'm seeing on there is a lot of like, I don't care what pronoun you use. And I like, that's pretty cool. Like, I think that that's pretty awesome that kids are just like, I don't care. Like whatever you want is, you know, I, I'll take them all because it doesn't really matter at the end of the day, you know, um, to them. Uh, so I thought that that was really interesting um, reading those. How do you feel about that, CJ? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have a lot of, you know, trans and queer friends who are, they, they just use any pronouns, right? So it's the, the way that they usually introduce themselves is my name is so-and-so and I use any pronouns, parentheses, respectfully, right? So as long as it's not like a derogatory right. <laughs> way to use the pronoun, or as long as it's not like he, oh, I mean, she, oh, I mean, it's like, it's just it, any pronouns. Like, it's not a big deal. We're not, we're not making a big deal out of it. Some people who use all pronouns really like when you like switch up the pronouns. Some people like when they use different types of gendered language in the same different sentence, right? Like my partner and my girlfriend and my boyfriend in one sentence, right? Because it's technically they're all correct mm -hmm. if you use all pronouns. So some people really like that and some people not so much. So it's, again, very dependent on the individual, I feel. Uh, I really love that this like Gen Alpha is really into any pronouns. That makes me very excited for gender liberation. I think this is technically Gen Z. I don't think I, I'm in the Are they? Yeah, you're getting close to Alpha. For teens, you're getting close yeah. to Alpha. For teens. What's the, youngest, what's the oldest Alpha right now? I'd have to look it up, but you're They've getting close. They've gotta be in high school. They've gotta be in high school. You think so? Yeah, they've got to be like early high school. Oh God, I still feel so old. <laughs> <laughs> well, cause let's see, Gen Z started in 97. Cause my 96. sister, 96, 96, that's right. And I talk about this all the time at work. Yeah, cause my sister's yeah. 97. So yeah. yeah, we're getting. So would it have ended in two? Like 20, like 2010 ish. So it's possible that they're still Gen Z. Uh, just like, like yeah, young, like 13. 13. Yeah, that's my youngest that I can have yeah. in the program. So I guess so they're are. Oh yeah. my God. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, I mean, I even Gen, Gen, worked. <laughs> Gen Z is the queerest generation yet. I think it's over 40% of Gen Z wow. identifies as some label of queer. I don't know if that's the exact statistic, but it's more than any generation ever. And realistically, it's only going to get higher because mm -hmm. people are inherently not conforming. But 
through history, we have decided to conform ourselves. And now there's a lot of really visibly queer people, it makes it easier to exist. And that's part of like what I really enjoy about being outwardly trans is that I can be that visibly queer person. And, you know, having somebody in a space like a, you know, like a nonprofit, like a camp, like something where it might not be the biggest organization, it might not be, you know, the most successful organization, but at least like there is somebody there who kind of represents something about these young people. I think it's, I don't know the exact statistic, I should have come in with this, but I think it's something over like 70% of queer youth attempt suicide at some mm-hmm. point. And it's, it's partially because of unaccepting homes, unaccepting like support systems in general, and also just not having, a, not having visibility. What, like, what is my life gonna look like? Yeah. There's like the average life expectancy for trans women is 35. Yep. Trans women of color, it's late 20s. It's, it's all too common to, mm-hmm. for, for it to be unsafe for, for queer and trans folks right now. Um, so that's why, you know, having inclusive spaces, having spaces where people, you know, are comfortable having, you know, introducing yourselves in a way that shows that you are going to support people. It's such a small little thing that you can do that can make a giant impact. I wonder too, with, with it going back to the, the, you know, the interview questions, I know we all know that the equal opportunity employment, you know, includes gender, includes race and sexuality and all of that. And I'm wondering if the, with what you're saying with how Gen Z is the queerest generation, which is phenomenal. I did actually, I didn't know that statistic, even if, even if the number's off, like that's still phenomenal. Uh, But I wonder if anything around pronouns is ever going to get like become an illegal question. You know how we have those questions we can't ask in interviews, which I really hope it doesn't. But I was thinking about it as, you know, preparing for this interview in thinking like, well, if, if people don't like having pronouns mandatory on an application, when does that transition into the interview process? And what are we not going to be able to ask when it comes to pronouns? Uh, hopefully that doesn't come to that, but. Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. And I think it's the right time to ask that question, right? I think mm-hmm. in 2023 alone, we have had over 400 proposed anti-trans legislation just in the United States. Yeah, It is not not a great time to be a trans person where we live. Um, so, you know, it, when we're thinking about kind of the future of what does it look like to maybe like have gender nonconforming staff on your team, it's a good question thinking about things like, when can I ask what somebody's pronouns are? Or like, are they gonna tell me what their pronouns are? I mean, I think the best that someone can do is just being the 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 like I am CJ I use they she pronouns mm-hmm. and moving on right it's showing that like it's not a big deal we're just going to say my pronouns and move on I also while you were saying that Kelly I didn't really think about this before when you were asking me about like is this a you know is this is this a question that you should ask about mandatory pronouns I didn't think about it from the other side right you know it's very easy for me to think about it from like my perspective as a trans person it's very different to think about it from the perspective of like those trans people. So like mandatory pronouns could be like, I don't want mandatory pronouns on my thing at all. Cause I am so anti-pronouns. Mm-hmm. 
And that's a real possibility given yeah. the world that we're in right now. Yep. So, <laughs> you know, I, I, uh, I definitely think that it's a situation where if you're not allowed to ask, assuming might not be the best, but if it's all you're able to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, because I you mean, think I, about it, it, it makes in me a, really, yeah, makes you really think about it in a, that. in a mandatory sense, like, because it yeah. could cause a lot of discrimination or, literally, you know, yeah. because I mean, it is part of the equal opportunity employment, you know, act to, to not discriminate against gender or, you know, sexuality mm -hmm. or any of those things. Mm -hmm. Well, if someone is asking for mandatory pronouns, that's like, you know, right now we get a choice to put certain things on our resumes yeah. that people can or, you know, don't discriminate against. I mean, even yeah. as, as much as like, a, a female versus masculine type name, you know, yeah. depending on the, you know, industry you go into. Yeah, no, totally. And so is it similar to that of like how much discrimination is putting your pronouns on an application going to cause for those in the queer community? Um, and that, that worries me probably more than trying to be inclusive just because it's so much on yeah. the, the opposite side of it that, yeah. you know, I, I mean, I have it optional, but do I, I, I only look at it so that when I have a conversation, either talking about the person right. or something like that, then I'm referring to them with the correct pronouns. Totally. But I mean, I think about some of the industries down here in Alabama, and if they were to put mandatory pronouns on there, how many hiring managers are not even going to look at that application because it says they, them. Yeah, that's, uh, it's a really good question. Um, again, that's something that I feel very fortunate in the fact that like where I live, it's not really an issue too much. Right. Definitely. I've, I'm not going to pretend that I haven't faced discrimination. Like I totally have based on gender identity. Um, but it's something to where if I am being discriminated against because of my gender identity, is it something, is it a place that I really want to work? Right. Absolutely. So if they're not going to hire me because I have pronouns <laughs> which is the weirdest sentence I've ever said <laughs> if like if that's if that's the deal breaker is that a place that I really want to work right and that's not always an option for people mm -hmm. who, just people who need jobs like I, again I'm I'm very privileged in the fact that I work in a field that I adore but that's not always the case right some people have to have, just get jobs but are also trans and queer and you know anything else so it's 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 innately complicated. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So yeah. the answer is we don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, the answer I think is, I think it is better to have a, a an optional question than mm -hmm. not, right? It is better to say if you're comfortable, put your pronouns. Yeah. Or it's let's go around the group and let's if you're comfortable, share your pronouns. Like you don't have to, but just making it part of the norm is really what is, I think the solution, right? The solution is just, hey, you tell me your pronouns, not solving anything. Hey, I'm gonna share my pronouns. And if you're comfortable, feel free to share your pronouns. It's at least getting somewhere. Yeah, I like that. I didn't think about the pronouns in terms of like the Equal Opportunities Act and how that could be something that mm -hmm. you can discriminate against. I didn't even, but then I was just thinking like, well, if a woman walks into a room too, yep. and 
like like I don't know it's it's we hard. just had this conversation earlier this week Shauna with our <laughs> yeah. book club yeah. you know with with you know a woman you know having to stick up for themselves and everything so yeah yeah like you keep expressing CJ that it's complicated it's yeah complicated road to walk and it's it's a new it, it shouldn't be a new road but unfortunately it is because it should have been figured out I don't know thousands of years ago or something I mean I don't know about all that <laughs> yeah I mean I mean gender non-conforming people have existed throughout human history yep. yeah exactly right? it's not a, it's not a new concept no. for trans people to exist as much as people may claim that it is mm. it is not I think it is now only be starting to become you know, prevalent in what we talk about on the daily because of a lot of uh, aggressive politics. I'll leave it there. Um, but, you know, I, in terms of how this could affect, you know, the hiring process of somebody and like what that might feel like, again, for me personally, this is not the case for everybody. For, my, for, for me personally, I'm always very happy to share my pronouns because being gendered correctly is like the best feeling after a lifetime of not. Mm-hmm. So if it is the small act of me being a little bit uncomfortable, not knowing if the space that I'm in is going to be the best, I still would rather share my pronouns than not, unless it's really not a great day for me, but mm-hmm. I would, it, it, it is way better for me emotionally, psychologically than anything else to be gendered correctly. It is, it, it's a euphoric feeling that you can't really express unless you've felt it. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the dysphoria that trans people face just from saying the wrong word is uh, not great emotionally. So, you know, as tough as it can be, I think that there's trans people who maybe, while it's not the safest place for them to maybe out themselves, it, it could be really validating to have that support given you know if you if you set that norm right they might not be willing to share their pronouns but if you set the norm of sharing yours then that might open the opportunity for them to feel great about themselves in your space yeah it's a really good point and also just let them know that you can be that person for them should totally yeah absolutely I feel like the wheels are turning in your head right now, Shauna. They are. <laughs> my face. Yeah, I'm just like, <sighs> like, I know, like, like for me, I try not to look at anybody's name on their resume. I don't, because there is inherent bias and um, I don't like, I don't want to be that person that's doing that but biases are natural it's a form it's just humanity um but I'm just like stuck on this like pronouns could be not within the equal opportunities act and I'm just like how are we gonna talk to each other (laughs) like (laughs) well I mean that's the thing right there you know there's there's some states right now that are that are like banning the discussion of like menstrual hygiene like that is unbelievable it blows my mind we can make spaces better and more safe and more inclusive. I think the question of mandatory anything, whether it's pronouns, whether it's, you you think about like those self ID questions, right? None of those are ever mandatory. Like mark if you're Caucasian or mark if you're black or you know what I mean? Those are never mandatory questions. Whether you're disabled is never a mandatory question. 
for the most part, even if you're like a veteran, isn't a mandatory mm -hmm. question. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking about like, it's the it's like that self-disclosure. Mm -hmm. Do you want to disclose this? Yeah. I think it's a good default when you don't know somebody's pronouns to just default to they, them. But yeah. once you know their pronouns, gender them correctly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've been to, yeah, yeah I, to, to default to they, them. I like that to, to start there with anybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and go because you there. might you, you they you never know what mm -hmm. somebody could identify as like how somebody presents is not always right. how they are. Yeah. And that's totally OK like non-binary doesn't mean androgynous transgender right. doesn't mean passing one way or the other queerness and even cisgenderedness doesn't have to look like one thing mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's it's this nice i don't know this person's pronouns but i'm just gonna address them as they them once they tell me their pronouns i'm gonna gender them how they want to be gendered yeah, I think that's a really good tip. Um, it's something that I've been trying to practice. Like if I haven't met somebody yet, um, just to call them they, um, it, it does take practice. And I think that that is the hard part with in this discussion is that totally it, it takes work. Um, like I, I'll tell you, I'll be like, if somebody, I had somebody who worked for me that used she, her pronouns one summer and then switched to they, them. And it took me the longest time to get it correct. But I had to practice and practice and practice because it was in my yeah. mind. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think it just comes down to, you know, that memory, like you just. I think, yeah, it's it's a it's a habit just like everything else, right? Yeah. It's you do it enough and you're gonna get it right. Yeah. You know, I think it's, it, you can say a thousand times, like I'm really trying, you know, it's really hard. And like, that's totally true because it totally is. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's like, it's like learning a foreign language. Like if you don't do it, like if you don't practice it, you're not gonna get it ever. Yeah. So if you don't really talk about this person or you just say their name instead of their pronouns, because that's a sneaky trick people like to do mm -hmm. and I don't love it. Just use their pronouns because it's not hard. I think that, you know, my my thing is like when I came out, my like thing that I told my family is like, if you mess up, this is how you should fix it. You don't need to like make a big stink about it. Like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm really trying. Because what am I supposed to say as the queer person? It's okay. And, and it's it isn't. Not, I know. It's right. not okay. Right. It's not okay. No, it's not. So if you're making a big deal and you're apologizing, it's just going to make me feel bad. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't the one who messed up. Mm -hmm. So it is when somebody corrects me on their pronouns, it's, oh, yes, thank you. And then just continue what you're saying with the correct pronouns. Yeah. yeah. It's not a huge deal. Just move on. And I've heard that in, in multiple different places. I think even the yep. book we're reading, Shauna, I think it, yeah. they bring it up in, in that Which book are you guys reading? Unmasking Autism. Oh, it's a great one. Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. It's at my desk if you want to read it. <laughs> I have read it. Oh, nice. <laughs> it's a good one. Yeah, so, I mean, they even say that in there, like, with any time you, you misgender someone by accident or if you're trying to learn it. Yeah. To just not make a big deal out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't like beat yourself up because like you're not hurting anybody except the trans person. Mm -hmm. Another like tip that I really liked sharing with my family and friends was if you mess up, gender me correctly or gender the person correctly three times in your head. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's like, oh, she. Uh, all right. They went here. They did this. You know, they're they're you know, they're wearing this thing. It looks really great. Their hair looks good today or whatever. You know, just whatever you can say. 
in your head that like just denotes like yes i'm talking about this person this is their pronouns mm -hmm. and it's just a quick yeah. little thing that you can do in your brain you know it's like like brain games or whatever <laughs> just gendering people correctly <laughs> well and you can also continue having a conversation with either that person or yeah you know whoever you're talking to because you, and and still do that in your head totally. so that yes. as that conversation continues the next time their pronoun comes up you can hit it correctly as opposed yep. to misgendering them yeah yeah exactly exactly shauna you're still <laughs> so cj and i talk about this stuff a lot at work because it like i'm i'm angry at everything that's happening in the world and cj's the one that's feeling it all um so we talk about this stuff a lot and CJ challenges me to think about a lot of things sometimes that I don't see from my perspective as a, a cis woman. Um, so I'm just, this is how our conversations at work are. And then I go sit by myself <laughs> because I'm <laughs> thinking like, oh my God, like that day when we talked about like Disney, like, I don't even remember that conversation, Sean. I do. It's grilled in my head. <laughs> um, but yeah, just when you're not in it, you you have a really difficult time seeing from that side, even when you want to be as understanding and empathetic and compassionate as possible. Cis people um, can never understand the breadth of the situation. So when we talk about these things and you bring these things to me, I have to, I have to take a step back and try to see it from a perspective that I will never know. Just like with racial issues too. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I was just about to say a very similar thing. Yeah. I've had conversations with a lot of BIPOC individuals and with a lot of queer people about this experience where it's, I'm, I can bond with somebody over something that we have no connection over. Right there's just an innate connection between me and another queer person. We didn't have to like try and connect on that because we're both facing the same struggles, yeah. right? It's a, it's a very mm -hmm. similar thing with a lot of BIPOC individuals. Mm -hmm. There's just this innate culture that doesn't really have to be talked about or explained. It's just this like mutual connection that is there without words. And that is not something that is really common in mm -hmm. whiteness no. or cisgenderedness or not heterosexuality where like I have just kinship with pretty much any queer person I meet because we share this shared oppression. Yeah. And I'm not trying to compare the, 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 the struggles that queer people face to the struggles of BIPOC individuals. Not what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say is that when a group of people is oppressed, it's the same thing with like the Jewish population. People are, when people are oppressed, they are innately forced to come together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and it's, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, and Kelly, we saw that on Thursday with the book club when yeah. there was a passage in the book about a woman who felt like she was being mansplained to, but the individual who was talking to her was a person with autism, um, and he was just very blunt, and he really did need her to explain something, and it, it didn't come from that perspective from him, but our book club is all women, surprisingly, and... I guess women are the only readers. I don't know. <laughs> who's Come to on, say? Ben, join our book club. Um, who's to say? Who's to say? There's no way to know, CJ. They um, haven't found a way, Shauna. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, like we all felt that as mm -hmm. a collective of women of like, 
yeah, like we've been there in that situation. And I think as a collective, we did not think that that individual responded in an incorrect way just because it's so prevalent in places of work for voices to silence female voices or make us re-explain things because they want us to look like we don't know what we're doing. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I think I understand what you're saying by like not comparing it to BIPOC individuals because that is a, a totally different thing. Yeah, not the same thing. Yeah, but you But can, there's this yeah. there's this shared oppression where yeah. like you have similar struggles to somebody without even knowing their struggles. Yeah. Well, not without even voicing it too. Like exactly. it just just yep. by being in the room or being next to someone yeah. similar yeah. to having some kind of commonality totally. you 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 share that. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 very unique, I think, to a lot of these groups where it's we there's no need to really try and like bond. It's because you're bonded already. Mm-hmm. And I think that that can be maybe not the exact same thing, but you can show a, a sense of understanding and compassion just by like acknowledging your like how you identify. Mm-hmm. Somebody identifies differently. It can be a really great an easy solution, just be like, and not doing it just when this person's in the room, be like in every situation, right? Where you're introducing yourself, I am so-and-so, I use these pronouns and it doesn't have to be a big deal. It doesn't have to be, you share your pronouns. It's just a norm that I have decided to set mm-hmm. that I am introducing myself to everybody with my pronouns. Yeah. I've worked, I've, I've chatted with people who are like wait staff in restaurants. I've chatted with people who are, you know, uh, customer service representatives. And they'll, they've, you know, as that, that's the choice that they've made as well is I'm CJ and I'm going to be your server today. My pronouns are they, them. How can I help you? You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, whatever you want to say. And it's just a norm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's a good way to look at it though, too. Like even because a server is someone we have interactions with just about every time you go out to a yep. restaurant exactly. and some sort, they always introduce themselves in whatever way. They, they choose and every, you can be in the same restaurant, have two servers and they introduce themselves yep. in two different normal, you know, norm to them ways. And exactly. so, but I think that's a really good example to use is because a server, even in the same restaurant has two different servers have, you know, different ways of introducing themselves. It's just what they're comfortable making as an introduction. Yeah. I mean, whether it's telling you the specials of the day or saying their pronouns, like they, they always introduce themselves in some yeah. way. Mm-hmm. And again, it doesn't have to be a thing just limiting to queer and trans people, right? right. Pronouns are not limited to gender nonconforming individuals. Pronouns are everybody. And I think that's something that pretty much everybody should know by now, if that's not common knowledge. So you have pronouns and you should introduce yourself with them because that's how you want to be addressed. Yeah. Like Shauna would not want me to call her he, him. Honestly, I wouldn't care. <laughs> <laughs> Any pronoun, Shauna. I re- like- Respectfully. respectfully respectfully but yeah like because i i do look like a woman because i am cis calling me a gender that i'm not doesn't hurt me in the same way that it would if somebody was doing it purposefully to somebody that is gender non-conforming or trans I mean, I also think, Shauna, that I think, I mean, I'm assuming you too, Kelly. I don't know you super well. I'm just That's okay. Based on this, based on this conversation, um, that like, you, I mean, you both are very confident individuals and you seem like you have done a lot of soul searching uh, in terms of uh, who, how you identify. Mm-hmm. 
and you seem very confident in your personhood, which is immaculate, right? And that's what we want from everybody is to be confident in their personhood. And it's a journey not many can take because of the how scary it is. Mm-hmm. And being people who are confident in their personhood, you can you can share that joy. And that's what's really beautiful. That's a really nice way to end it. I was just thinking the same thing. <laughs> but CJ, do you want to plug your um, your podcast? Yeah, I can. So uh, thanks, Shauna. Yeah. <laughs> so I do host a podcast. It's called the Birdie Bunch Podcast. Um, the Birdie Bunch Podcast is available on all streaming platforms where you can find a podcast. You can visit the Birdie Bunch Podcast on uh, on Instagram, uh, on Facebook, pretty much anywhere. Basically, we talk everything conservation, education, fascination. We've done pretty much all kinds of episodes from, you know, de-extinction to cryptids to, uh, we talked about wildlife documentaries on our most recent episode. We had uh, interviewed Bob Dolgan, who made the Monty and Rose documentaries um, about piping plovers. Yeah, so we've talked to a lot of really cool people, talked about a lot of really cool topics. So it's a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Shauna. <laughs> I'm gonna have to start listening to it now. <laughs> it's a fun time. Definitely they, do. They mention birds at least once in every episode. That's not necessarily true, but <laughs> I appreciate it. If you didn't know, CJ is a huge birder. Um, I'm a I'm a I'm a bit of a birder. I'm a bit yeah. of a birder. I was actually birding this morning. <laughs> well, if you I, ever if you ever come down to Alabama, we have a wildlife refuge down here that I'd be happy where, to take you to. I mean, this can be edited out, I assume. But where in Alabama are you? Um, I'm in northern Alabama. Okay. I have a friend in Tuscaloosa. Okay. Well, there you go. So I'll have to come down. Yes, you will. Awesome. Well, CJ, I really appreciate you being here today. Of course. Um, I'm so happy to be here. I think this was a great conversation that you brought a lot to the table. And I mean, I really appreciate it. I'm sure I speak for Shauna when I say we really appreciate you coming on today. Um, And yeah, absolutely. And we can also leave your information in the show notes. So if anybody has questions, if you're open to doing questions from anybody. If you want to reach out to to me individually, you can, you know, follow me on Instagram at cj.greco. That's cj.greco. And you can reach out to me there. Awesome. Fantastic. Well, thanks again, CJ. And no worries. From Sean and I, we will see you next time.